707 Nashville's Morning News. I am Brian Wilson, your friend and radio buddy. Uh, thank you for listening to Nashville's Morning News. We've got uh, uh, developments in the what, what is being called the constitutional carry bill that is being proposed by, by Governor Bill Lee. Um, he will sign it if it lands on his desk. It cleared the House yesterday. I mean, sorry, cleared the Senate yesterday. It's headed to the House next week. And, and if it passes both bodies, we'll land on his desk. He says he's going to sign it. However, there are grun, gun groups in the state of Tennessee that have concerns about this. And they make the point, and I think it's a correct point, that it's not true constitutional carry. They have concerns about the bill. And joining us now on the line is John Harris of the Tennessee Firearms Association. John, good morning to you. Welcome to Nashville's Morning News. Morning, Brian. All right, so um, you have concerns about the the governor's bill, and you have been pushing the, for some other bills that have been considered by the state legislature. What is your major concern with the legislation as it is currently crafted in the governor's bill? The main point that the TFA is making is that the governor is pushing a um, an incremental permitless carry bill. It's been called that by most of the legislative leadership that have spoken on it that know what they're talking about <clears throat> and that's an accurate statement it uh, a constitutional carry bill if you look at the second amendment uh, is one that meets the definition of allowing any person who can legally possess a weapon to carry that weapon the governor's bill fails that standard because it's a 21 and up it is a handgun only it has this odd clause about being in a place where you're legally entitled to be and it adds a couple of prohibit, prohibited classes that aren't even prohibited under federal law. So, but the major, I, I'm reading between the lines here and what you're saying, but your major concern is the issue is that it only refers to handguns. Is that correct? Handguns and, and 21 and up. Uh, if you look at the number of the, of the 18 states that have already adopted uh, constitutional carry, uh, Eight and uh, well, Nagar says ten, but at least eight of those states are weapons permit uh, weapons permitting systems uh, where you can carry any legal firearm. Uh, Tennessee has a subset of that already under the vehicle transport statute, which allows any legal possessor to carry any legally possessed weapon. It's not limited to handguns. So we've already gone down the path, uh, at least with respect to vehicle transport, seven years ago. And, and for some reason, the governor or the legislative uh, sponsors who are controlling this are uh, curtailing back uh, substantially from what they did just seven years ago. Um, but it, many people are saying, and this is what you hear on the other side, I'm just, uh, for argue, sake of argument and being the devil's advocate here, they say if you allow that, then what you will have is there will be some individuals that will strap on an AR-15 to go to the Walmart. Well, there, 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 there's a difference between the right to do it and the common sense to do it. But if you look at the protests that took place, for example, in Virginia, one of the states where you can carry long arms, there were, in fact, people standing around the Capitol at the Virginia protests that had long arms, AR-15 strapped on. No problems at all. They, 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 no abnormal discord, nothing, uh, offensive about it. They showed up. They displayed the weapons that they were entitled to possess and, uh, nothing happened. 
Well, yeah. the TFA is a pretty a pretty powerful organization in the state, and you've been flexing your muscles. Uh, and you tried to you came down hard on the lieutenant governor, and there have been ads that have run on this station as well as other places, I'm sure, uh, where you have said it's not true concealed carry, and if you want that, then you need to bear down on the lieutenant governor. Well, the lieutenant governor uh, took umbrage with that, and yesterday, in fact, uh, pushed through the Senate. Uh, the governor's bill. So what is your best hope for the outcome here, given the way things are now transpiring? Well, I mean, it is not uncommon. We've been doing this for 26 years that the, the Senate or the House would push through a bill in a particular format. Uh, the other House has to pass a bill, and the two have to match identically. Mm -hmm. and, and we do have significant support, if you listen to some of the House people, for making this true constitutional carry. I mean, even Senator Roberts said yesterday that this isn't true constitutional carry. It's going to force us to come back to continue to deal with this problem. But we do have some senators, and we do have a number of House members who are willing to go ahead this year and make it true constitutional carry. Well, as you know, we had the Speaker of the House on Monday, and he said that he doesn't know that there are the votes. Uh, he said he wasn't sure it could get through the Senate, wasn't sure it could get through the House if it was what you want and what is true constitutional carry, mainly because of the provision regarding firearms versus handguns. Well, he did say that. And, and, and our position is put it on the House floor, offer an amendment that makes it a firearms permit, I mean, a firearms system, and, and offer a permit that makes it 18 and up versus 21 and up. Put it on the floor and let them vote on it. And if they vote that down, then it goes forward, and, and what's passed in the Senate would become law in Tennessee. If, however, they put it on the floor in the House and, and we let all 99 House members vote on it, then the, the differing bills would go back to the Senate. They would either concur and adopt the House version, or it would end up in a conference committee. And the conference committee, just like in Congress, would negotiate as to the differences in the bills, and come back with an up or down recommendation. But all, okay. all we're asking is yeah. put it on the floor and let yeah, them have a vote. It. All right, fair enough. Okay, so, uh, but here's the thing. Um, the, when you take an all or nothing position, sometimes you end up with all, and sometimes you end up with nothing. Would that be okay? Well, we've been doing this a long time. So, for example, it took us 14 years in incremental steps to peel off the prohibitions on being able to simply possess your weapon with a permit in a restaurant that serves alcohol. 14 years. So we're, we know what incrementalism is. Mm -hmm. We see the governor's bill as yet more incrementalism, just like the concealed permit that passed two years ago. And, and, and our concern is, and our point to the public is, if you want real constitutional carry, Incrementalism will get you there sooner or later, but it may be five, ten years down the road. And, and there's no harm to anyone, none at all, to put the issue on the House floor, make it real constitutional carry, put an amendment up, and let them vote on it. And if they vote the amendment down, then the bill still goes forward in the governor's format. Well, the thing I, I know that uh, the, the reluctance to do that is that there is a great deal of fear in the state legislature that if they do that and they vote it down, that somehow the people who vote it down will be characterized by your organization as being soft on the Second Amendment. They will be. I mean, we will absolutely say that. And are they afraid to put their convictions on the record and let us just, you know, tell the public what their convictions are? Mm-hmm.
what would you say to those, and I'm sort of one of them, that says you don't let the perfect become the enemy of the good. This is an advancement of the Second Amendment rights, a big advancement in the state, and, and it can pass, and the votes are there, we are told. So do, do you let the perfect be the enemy of the good? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, we've been doing this for too long to know that you take what ground you can get when it's available, if it's a good progress forward and not a, just a roadblock. But, but our point again is, is, is let the, we, we've got a, a constitutional public with 99 House members. Let's put it before all 99 of them and let them debate it and vote on it on the floor. And if the 99 decide by majority vote that they only want handguns, fine, we get a good bill as opposed to a perfect bill. If, however, they vote even by, you know, 51 or 50, uh, whatever the majority needs to be, that it is a should be a weapons bill or a firearms bill, then we've made more progress. And, and then they'll let the Senate decide if they can accept that or if they're going to hold firm on a handgun only. All we're saying is give it a chance and let the people's representatives make the choice rather than having an oligarchy, a small number of legislators, decide that we're not even going to vote on it. Let me ask you about the exceptions in the governor's bill. Uh, do you have problems with the stalking exception? The difference, the, the stalking exception, I understand where they're coming from. Our position is that's an issue that arises out of a court system, and if the court thinks it's a serious enough problem, they can issue an order of protection. If they issue an order of protection, it's automatically covered as a prohibited class. If the court, however, decides they're not going to issue an order of protection, then we think it's an expansion of the existing prohibition. Well, it, it, it says that you have to be convicted of stalking. Correct. Correct. But a conviction now under both state and federal law would not prohibit you from being a legal possessor or a legal purchaser. There would have to be an order of protection in addition to that. All right. Let me ask you about the DUI exception. The, 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 rule, the law that is passed by the Senate, the bill passed by the Senate, says if you've been convicted of DUI two or more times within the prior 10 years or one time within the prior five years, that you could not carry a handgun in the state. That's an element that we've had now for 25 years as a, as, as a condition on the enhanced permit, but under state and federal law, it's not a prohibited class on people who can purchase or possess firearms. And our position is typically that if you're expanding the prohibited classes, because they're going to carry anyhow, then, then you, you know, just admit it that you're expanding the, the prohibited classes and, and don't, um, present this in, in a context where you're saying we're not adding any infringements because they clearly are adding at least two by those two provisions. And the third off uh, exception would be whether you have been adjudicated as a mental defective, judicially committed to or hospitalized in a mental institution or had a court-appointed conservator for the person by reason of mental defect or other things. Um, is that something that concerns you? Well, currently, under state and federal law, that mental health category falls under 18 U.S.C. 922 G4. It's already a prohibited class, but there's something missing in the way they're putting it in this bill. And what's missing is requirements that came down as part of the 2008 Nixon Improvement Act, which says... If a state wants federal grant money to help with mental health issues in the state, they have to pass a law that allows people who meet certain conditions uh, 
to have the disability based on mental health uh, excused. And Tennessee passed those laws in 2015, and the language, and we brought this up with the sponsors, the language, all we're asking is that the language in the bill reflect that some people have a mechanism under state and federal law to have relief from that disability, which typically means they have to have had three years of a clean mental health and a doctor's report at the time they ask mm-hmm. for relief that says they're no longer disabled. All right. All right. Well, so at the end of the day, uh, what you're asking for here is an up or down vote on your measure, which would be a true constitutional carry bill uh, with no restrictions, and which, which I will admit to you, I believe that's what the Second Amendment calls for. But I'm not sure that it, it that the, it practically can get through the House and Senate, and I'm not sure the governor would sign it. Those are the three things that I'm not sure about. But that's what you're asking for, up or down. But you also say that if there's an up or down vote and you vote against it, that you will you will uh, come after the people who voted against a true constitutional carry. Well, come after or not, what we will do is we well, will well, that's what you said, was it not? You said that yeah. you would you would take you would you would come after them. We will report that they voted up or down, just like we reported yesterday that three Republicans, um, Briggs, Massey, and Kelsey, uh, all voted against the governor's bill on the Senate floor. And we, we just report the facts. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, I think we've, we've, we've covered it all. Uh, and, you know, and I know that you have a passion for this and, uh, and I've always uh, considered you a good friend of this program. We wanted to give you an opportunity to say your piece. We appreciate that very much. All right. John Harris with the Tennessee Firearms Association. 21 minutes now past the hour of 7 o'clock.